Welcome to the InnoStation podcast. We cover stories of entrepreneurship and innovation across the four Ds of the energy transition. Tune into the show and get inspired. Hi, it's Key. So I'm co-founder of Wazi. Wazi is a French startup that is fully dedicated to make the PV industry fully circular. So by addressing two main challenges, meaning the recycling of early waste production with the curve production, and also the recycling of end-of-life modules, which is a key challenge for the years to come. Welcome back in the listeners. You're listening to InnoStation, your favorite podcast covering entrepreneurship and innovation in the energy transition. I'm your host, Alessandro Armenia, and today's guest is Guy Shishinyu. Welcome to InnoStation, Guy. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Guy, for accepting our invitation. So Guy is the co-founder and technical director of Rossi Solar. Rossi is the European pioneer in PV recycling, specifically in silicon-based PV. They focus on the early life and on the end life of silicon solar panels. So on one side, they developed an industrial solution that is capable of recovering high-purity silicon, silver, and copper in the end-of-life PV modules. On the other side, they are tackling a huge problem in the early stages that's called curve recycling. Stay with me. So essentially, when silicon is cut into slices, 40% of the initial material gets lost into dust and particles. Rossi, though, is capable to recover all the silicon and create value of this current waste. When did you start realizing that there was a huge problem of recycling PV modules? We started a little bit late realizing that for a very simple reason, because we are during, during years, we were reading communications about this recycling being achieved in the world, specifically in Europe, until the year, I would say, 2017, where we realized that all the recycling was based on communication mostly, and that real players were, were not really doing the thing. So that's when we were thinking maybe we could contribute in having a concrete answer to these huge problems. Yeah, so currently, Guy, when you were investigating, what does the industry do with end-of-life PV panels? For now, the, the industry doesn't do that much with end-of-life PV panels because they are considered as a problem. As a problem, what you want to do is to get rid of it. So for now, what is in place is technical solutions that are able to absorb huge amounts of PV modules. But unfortunately for all of us, we just discard all the good quality materials and all added high added value materials contained within these modules in not so interesting uh, application, very low value for glass and basically for wood constructions or things like that. So it's not very treatable to profit from these high added value materials. And here comes Rossi Solar, correct? Uh, you have the ability to recover almost everything of the solar panels. Can you describe better what does Rossi do for us, Guy, and uh, what are all the raw materials that you are able to recycle? So the first thing is we don't have the same mindset. So we just change the mindset. We don't consider end-of-life PV modules as a problem to get rid of, but as an opportunity to benefit from. So for us, it's a really large, huge, and rich source of critical raw materials, meaning pure silicon, silver, copper, aluminum, pure glass, and we really want to get and take this opportunity to provide to the European industry high added value materials. And for this reason, we developed a series of processes, of steps, in order to transform these end-of-life modules into new resources, secondary raw materials that can be fed to the European industry. 
Can you explain us Rosie's technique on how to recycle solar panels? So the first step is the most critical one. And that's the, basically the reason why it was complicated up to now to do this high added value recycling is to dismantle the PV module structure. So we have to know a module is like a sandwich structure where all the materials and the metals are encapsulated within several layers of plastics, polymers. And the structure is made and designed to last and withstand outside for decades. That renders the final recycling complicated because you have to dismantle this very solid structure. And many options were considered so far, and we chose the one that is able to treat 100% of silicon-based PV modules, meaning thermal treatment where we just evaporate all the polymers so we can have access to the metals. So first step, we have this thermal treatment, we evaporate the plastics, and we can collect a mix of all the materials of interest. Then we go through several steps of sortation in order to get all these pure streams of materials. But there is one last step to get 100%, almost 100% of the value from the modules is to get access to pure silicone and silver. Silver basically is used as a paste on top of the modules to get the electrons, to get the electricity from the modules. So it's, uh, it's like small fingers attached to the surface of the silicone. And then what we do is that we detach the silver from the surface. So at the end of the processes, this three step, we can have access and collect all the glass, all the silicone, all the silver, and all the aluminum and copper from the modules. Thank you for clarifying, Guy. So Rossi, the greatest competitive advantage is that you extract all of the value from the solar panels. And that's something that only Rossi Solar does. What is the difference of the extraction of Rossi to respect to the current industry? So for the current industry, we extract very low quality materials from our estimation. Estimate is around 20, perhaps 25% of the value is recovered with the current recycling solutions. Thanks to Rosy process, we can jump from 20 to 25% value recovered to 99% of the value recovered. Basically, the only thing we, we cannot recover is the polymers, but the value of plastic on the market is zero. So <laughs> all materials of interest are actually extracted and resold to our clients. That's a huge leap from 20% to like 99%. So currently, the PV market share in terms of PV silicon based is uh, 95%. Almost all the silicon solar panels today are silicon based. And the PV industry exists already since maybe the 1990s, maybe the 2000s, and it has grown exponentially. Now there's going to be a moment when there's going to be a lot, a huge wave of silicon solar panels that will come end to life. Can we rely fully on Rossi today? Yes, and that's, uh, that's why we started before the wave. So when we, we, we started our, our investigation, most people will say, okay, we cannot see really the point of doing this kind of recycling. You are like, okay, dreamers dreaming about a market that doesn't exist. And I would say since we started the first plant last year, we are starting right now to see the wave coming. So for us, it's like riding, surfing the wave. So we are the, at the right time. And the challenge for us is to, uh, to continue this way because we are expanding very fast. 
And basically, we are to follow this track. So the way that you produce solar panels, what are your claims in terms of energy intensity to respect to the current industry? So something has to be mentioned there is that uh, we have so high amount of energy hidden in these solar modules that we just forget about it. Silicon and pure silicon that is necessary for these uh, modules to be to be tailored and to be made uh, is not coming from nowhere. And the investment in terms of energy is huge. Basically, that's one of the most intensive materials and metals in the world, the production of silicon and pure silicon. Meaning that every time we can recover one ton of pure silicone from the end of life modules, we can just avoid the production of one ton of, of pure silicone on the other end and fresh silicone. We estimate that every time Rosie uh, recycles one ton of solar modules, we avoid the emission to the atmosphere of one ton of CO2. So meaning that already we have a capacity of thousands of tons of recycling for solar modules. We avoid thousands of tons of CO2 emitted to the atmosphere. That is very important to hear. If I understand, you have to consider the whole chain of a virgin silicon, which in that case then emits way more than silicon that is coming from Rossi. And then the other advantages that you have uh, that you have listed, also the recovering of silicon that we lose in the early life. That's another part that I would like to have a better understanding also. Of. So yeah, we have one part of Rossi that deals with curve recycling. Can you explain us better what is curve recycling and uh, what does Rossi want to do with it? Unfortunately for us, we uh, silicon and silicon wafer, they, don't, they do not grow in the trees. We have a series of steps, starting from pure silica, coming from mine, transformed into uh, metallurgical grade silicons. Then we go through purification, refining, we have ingot pooling, and then comes the final step where we slice the ingots into wafers. And during the slicing process, Unfortunately, the wire that is used for slicing is more or less the same size as the wafer thickness, meaning that we lose 30 to 40% of the materials during the slicing. And these materials are very high quality, but during the slicing, they are transformed into silicone powder. And silicone powder as a powder is complicated to handle. That was the first idea behind the creation and incorporation of OZ, is to propose solution, technical solution, to recycle the silicon waste stream from the early stage to produce new solutions, new raw materials for the industry in terms of supply of pure silicon. Since Rossi doesn't have a production plant, so you're not the manufacturers of solar PV, how do you tackle the curve recycling? So for, for this, we, are, we, we really need to be very close to the producer of the, the, the waste, the curve, because it's very heavy. And uh, we have to say that uh, curve at first, it's a lot of water inside also. It's very humid. So transportation doesn't make a sense. And then we want to reintegrate the silicon as fast as possible, meaning that you have to be close to your clients. So the business model is totally different from the end of life where you have one plant, let's say per country, and then you collect all the modules from the different locations. In that case, we can be the neighbor of the client. So we can collect uh, the curve and uh, recycle it almost on site. Fantastic. We spoke now about the suppliers, but then when Rosie has the raw material, to whom do you sell it, Guy? So, so many different clients are interested. When you propose right now in uh, 2024, when you have a source of pure materials, critical ones, 
basically almost all materials are almost critical now. Yeah, it's kind of easy to find the clients. It depends on your capacity to provide huge amount. So you can you can address different markets depending on the amounts you can propose. But basically, if we are talking about silicone, pure silicone, the first idea is to go back to the PV industry. Unfortunately for us as European people, we don't have so many uh, plants in Europe yet, I would say. So for now, it doesn't make really sense to go back to this PV industry uh, because the, other, the only way would be to send all this pure silicon back to China or Asia. So for us to find other opportunities, and for now in Europe, we have a lot of opportunities in high added value application for silicon, pure silicon, I mean, instead, for instance, in the battery sector that is expanding very fast in chemical. Some chemicals are, are relied the production of pure silicon. So that's also a good application for this and very local market. As for glass, for instance, we need highly transparency for PV modules for very obvious reasons. And you can you can just guess how many applications relies on the high transparency glass. So it's just all around us. It's very easy actually to find these local clients in Europe and France, for instance. Good news. Guy, who are the most interested customers for silver? Silver, we have to say usually we uh, silver uh, clients, they start from very low quality silver. Because silver is very expensive, uh, we have uh, the, the, the trend to, uh, to dissolve, to have some alloying elements inside. So usually they, they collect silver at 20% purity. We have a lot of silver inside the, the modules and it's very high purity, more than 90% purity. So that means for, for them, very, very interesting as a refiner to start from this high purity. And the amount is also very huge uh, from basic calculation. We could be in France in the top three players in terms of amount of silver. Yes, they, you have to be careful on where to store it. Rather, ah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that could be an, yeah, a concern for sure. <laughs> so yeah, mean we can say that meanwhile waiting the PV, the European PV industry to to take off, uh, Rossi still can sell raw materials to various and many clients. Yes, and hopefully someday we will we will go back to PV industry when it will be uh, the right time. That's a very clear answer, Guy. Just to sum up a bit, uh, one of the discussions that we were having. So we we talked thoroughly about the the first part of the business model, which is uh, recycling the, the the PV panels and extracting the raw material and all the economic value out of it. Then there's the second part, which was curve recycling, and you said that there's a big difference because in one one side you're gonna build plants in each country. And it's going to be localized production. On the other side, you want to be next to the client. Now, we said that clients in Europe are almost uh, non-existent. There's uh, very few clients in PV. So where are these clients right now? And do you have partnerships? So the, the answer, yeah, so it's twofold. The answer, first of all, potential clients right now, they are more located east than Europe, for sure. But in the same time, we are having right now big projects in Europe to rebuild our industry. And at a giga size, so meaning giga factory expected to go up in the coming years. And we already have some partnership with these giga factories because, yes, we have to consider the competition from China, which is huge. They are very, very efficient. They can go big, fast, and cheap. And for Europe to survive is to provide something more or something else. And the only way around is to integrate, fully integrate the recycling 
within the European industrial processes. And this is where we can contribute because with a new plant built in Europe, if from the first point you integrate recycling, you can get all these benefits from the, the, the first day of operation of the plant. So that's the, more or less the strategy. Of course, okay, looking at what happens in Asia, because we have to say that's where things happen right now, but in the same time, building up this, uh, this uh, strategic partnership with the big players in Europe. So we can have a different solution to provide to the, to the clients in Europe. And at some point it will make, make a change. Yeah, of course, it makes sense everything that you said. China is right now the the main manufacturer, so you want to you want to go there and partner. Is there a reason that current manufacturers do not do curve recycling the the way that Rosy Solar proposes it? I think it's more or less the same answer than uh, the recycling of end of life because it's not easy. <laughs> so yeah, we are dealing with a fine powder micrometer size, so some micrometers, and uh, basically the gravity doesn't apply to these kind of particles. So it just do not settle down and uh, that's complicated to handle, hence complicated to transform into something else. So you have to build up a brand new process to deal with this kind of uh, silicon powder. And for players already in place, it's always complicated for big players already in place to adapt a new technology or to invent a new technology. And for us as a startup to provide and to invent this kind of new solutions later on to be integrated with these big players. So it's a very complementary approaches. And for that, we, uh, we really see partnership as a good option. Fantastic. So you're trying to partner now in China and in the East, but probably the most important partners that Rose is looking now are new people, new hires in the team. Is that correct, Guy? Are you planning to hire more people in the team? Oh, yes, of course. That's, uh, that's a big challenge. Because hopefully for, uh, for us in Europe, we have a very dynamic market in terms of uh, engineers, startups, companies wanting, willing to go fast in terms of expansion. And uh, we are quite like everyone, just going, trying to go faster, a little bit faster perhaps from our friends. And for this, now we have very uh, motivated candidates, but it's, not, it's never enough good candidates because we want to double the size of the team in the coming months. We started from in 2017 with three people. And uh, since last year, we, uh, we doubled. We went from 20 to 42, as for yesterday. And uh, the plan is to double this, uh, this number by uh, the end of uh, this year. So for sure, we need uh, high value uh, people, not only from France, but from all Europe, because we want to go in uh, all countries. And in the very open, minded way, meaning that we want also to build up, we are, we are doing it right now, building up this worthy mindset, meaning integrating all these cultural differences with respect for the different technical background in order to have this very efficient collaboration in our team. I'm very fascinated about, I mean, personally speaking, but maybe I can also speak for, let's say, for my generation and for the, the new engineers to come. I'm very fascinated both about the recycling part and to join a startup, the recycling part is uh, one of the most uh, creative parts that an engineer right now can go into. You have to reimagine waste and you have to recreate something out of it. And of course, for the energy transition is very motivating from a values perspective and for mission. Yes, and, and we reinvent a new industry. Actually, recycling means we have to change all our industrial 
uh, equipment, tools, chains. And that's very challenging. I, I, I find it very motivating as an engineer that we have to rethink all these uh, processes, industrial processes in a different way to render them uh, sustainable. I really think that's, uh, special. that's my passion, actually, this kind of development. I fully agree with you. What are the profiles that you're looking for, Guy? So basically, the kind of profile we are looking for are process engineers. So yes, so able to, uh, to understand the processes and to uh, optimize them. And of course, equipment, mechanical engineers to transform these processes into machines uh, together with our suppliers, of course, but not only. And, and then everything that is related to the environment control, because we really want to have the yes, the lowest and the weakest impact on the environment. So we mean that not only we, we want to reach performance in terms of okay capacity, but also in terms of lowest impact. And for that, we also have this, uh, this, uh, this view, this insight from the environmental perspective. Fantastic. Well, so Guy, transitioning from your team then to yourself, maybe we're all curious to, to get to know a bit the entrepreneur behind, uh, behind Rosie. What advice would you give to yourself when you were starting Rosie? <laughs> So yeah, for, for, for sure, it's, uh, it's always easy or complicated looking backwards and you're okay. Of course, we will have changed some things. Perhaps my advice would be uh, be bolder, a little bit bolder, because we were relying a lot on uh, yes, these big players. Perhaps we had too high expectation so they can integrate faster our solution, technical solution. So we somehow wasted some time waiting them, waiting for them to move and to move forward in the right direction. At some point we decided we couldn't wait anymore. So we jumped uh, making this big leap of having our own operation facility. And, uh, but yes, my advice to myself, to my younger uh, myself would be to, okay, be bolder and maybe uh, just don't wait for these big groups. And with this last question, I would like to finish with uh, our three Innostation tradition questions that we traditionally ask to our guests. The, the first one is, if you could have a coffee with an innovator or a person that you admire, who would you choose and why? So I would say if I had the opportunity uh, for me as a scientist, it would be to go a little bit backwards in the past. The years 60 and 70, where all the doors were really open for innovation at the time, and they made huge progress at the time. And so it would be very self-centered in Silicon. Uh, I would say Jan Schokalski. <laughs> okay, okay. So second question. If you were to write the best entrepreneurial advice you have ever received on your doormat, what would it be? Dare and enjoy, I would say. I love it. What's your favorite book or the most recent one that you've read? Ah, yes. it's. Uh, I'm very, okay, uh, I can change my mind a lot about books. Right now, I'm uh, a lot into uh, Garcia Marquez, the South, uh, South American author, because he has a very uh, huge imagination. So for me, it's very inspiring, Garcia Marquez. I have read The 100 Years of Solitude. Uh, of is that the one you're referring to? Okay. Yes, for instance, it's a very good example. <laughs> it's incredible. It seems that he's lived, he lived the 10 lives at the same time in yeah. that book. It's kind of a life, yeah, it's kind of a life of an entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, having 10 lives in power. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, Guy, thank you very much. That's a wrap, you know, listeners. In this episode, we listen to Guy, co-founder of Rossi. Thank you, Guy, for joining the show and best of luck for what's to come for Rossi. Thank you very much. And if you'd like to learn more about Rosy Solar, visit their website at rosysolar.com. If you're interested to apply, go into the tab, join us. 
and uh, follow them also on LinkedIn at Roasty Solar. Also, feel free to drop us a line on podcast at cu.innoenergy.com with your suggestions on the startups you'd like to hear about. Don't forget to subscribe to InnoStation, share this episode with a friend, and remember to get inspired by InnoStation. Today, we had Guy. Tomorrow, it can be you. InnoStation is a podcast of EIT InnoEnergy community hosted by Alessandra Armenia, content edition and market intelligence by Vedika Kulkarni and Vinay Mane, outreach and communications by Madav Uni, Mira Bumalham is our advisor, and Wadarafi, our producer. Mm-hmm.